What up, world? It's the past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week. So start your day listening to Lockdown Blazers, make it your very first listen, and then tell your friends to do the same. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers playing small, but this time it's different. I don't know if it's different, but I think this time there is some more intentionality and there's more reason to believe that the small looks could be... could could be potent in a way in the past where the small looks were just small. Let's let's get into why I think so. The first reason why is just the scheme and the personnel. Uh, personnel is, is is always going to be number one in the league, right? Like you can only do what you're what the dudes on the court are capable of. Like you can try some different things, but you're but you're not going to be capable of it. Uh, the Portland's going to play minutes with Damian Lillard and, and Anthony Simons, like a lot of minutes, uh, even if you. I know some of you big brains out there are saying, just bring Amphrey Simons off the bench. All well and good. Doesn't actually solve the problem. Those dudes are going to have to play, and they're going to have to play at the end of games. Regardless, like even if you figure out how to solve the first 40 minutes of every night, the last you know six, seven minutes, crunch time, you got to get your two best offensive players on the floor. That That's just how this is going to work. You're going to play minutes, and a big chunk of minutes, with two guys who have been negative defenders. Uh, Dame has been... Uh, pretty bad to very bad, and Ant has basically never been anything other than very bad at it. Ant can get better. He's 22 years old. He's got a long he's he's got a long long career in front of him, and he's got some athletic gifts and some size to be better at it. He hasn't been yet. And instead of debating like where he can get better, that's for another show in the future. Let's just say this. Let's just assume that Ant is a below average defender for the purposes of what we're talking about today, and let's assume Dame is the same thing. Their sort of growth on that end, like Dame's 32, kind of. Tigers, Stripes, whatever it might be. But, like, for the purposes of today's show, let's assume that you do, are you are going to play big minutes with with negative defenders, with minus defenders on the court. So, so much of the decisions you're making are how to mitigate that and how to get better defensive players on the court. And in the past, the Blazers have, you know, they've, they've made uh, efforts to put better defensive players on the court. But... It hasn't always, you know, in the post Alfaruk Aminumo Harkless days, they've kind of been searching for other defenders to kind of fill those forward spots, fill those other spots, and it hasn't, um, you know, and they just, they haven't found it. Gary Trent Jr. is not a defender, Norm Powell's not a defender, when Ant was the backup, he's not a defender, like, you, you, they never, they never really had it. The personnel is better now. And truly, the biggest problem for the Blazers in the past has been point-of-attack defense. Yusuf Nurkic in the middle, good you know, rim deterrent, uh, keeps people out of the paint, big dude, knows where to stand, has good hands, uh, you know, is not super fast in space and not an elite vertical shot blocker, but a big guy who keeps people away from the rim. Um, pretty consistently, the Blazers have been an average to above-average team with Nurk on the floor, but the, the when it's gone south form, it's point-of-attack defense. It's just not keeping, it's like basic stuff, not keeping the ball in front of you when someone drives to the rim. And some of that is just personnel stuff. Like, uh, Dame really struggles with that. Anthony Simons has, I don't think that's his worst thing on defense, and screen navigation with him, but like, uh, you know, it's it, when you put minus defenders on the court, it's easier to find them. But the problem was in the past, the Blazers couldn't put the right combination of players to say, hey, let's put a good point of attack defender on the floor to to corral the ball. Like, hey, they, they want to get to the rim and they've got their one dude who gets to the rim. They just, they all, they didn't always have that point of attack defender. They're good defenders. Robert Covington, Larry Nance to some extent, uh, weren't that. Uh, they were team defenders. The Derek Jones Jr. thing never worked because 
He's like a help side guy who was miscast as this like lead point of attack guy and his sort of lack of strength and stuff in the Blazers' old scheme, more on that in a moment, got exposed. They've got better point of attack defenders, and that is step one. Gary Payton is an elite point of attack defender. He can really guard guards at a high level. I think he can, you don't want him to like guard power forwards for 30 minutes a night, but he can switch and guard, you know, probably one through four okay and one through three really well. Um, You know, he spent some spot minutes guarding Jason Tatum on switches and did held his own. He had a couple of possessions uh, early in the playoffs guarding, were famously guarding Nikola Jokic on back-to-back trips when they hunted him on a switch, and he held up. He held up. Like... He's, 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 he's probably the best point of attack defensive teammate Dame has had while he's been in Portland since Wesley Matthews left town. Uh, and, and straight up GP might be better than that version of, of Wesley Matthews, but Wes was really good on defense and the Blazers have been, have been missing that, um, over the last seven seasons. It's been a minute. Uh, Jeremy Grant is a pretty good point of attack defender against sort of like size guys. Like he's, um, he's, he's a pretty good defender in, when he gets other guys his size that he can stay with um, and they're not point guards that can blow past him, he can guard pretty well. Nazir Little has chops to be a better point of attack defender. Uh, Josh Hart is a massive upgrade over what they've had coming off the bench at that guard spot defensively. He's better than Ant. He's better than CJ. He's better than Norm. Like any combination of those guys, Josh Hart is a better defensive player there. All of that personnel stuff is one of the reasons why, um, you know, I'm not ringing the bell necessarily, but I... I I think this flavor of the Blazers committing to playing smaller smaller matters. Now, they're not going to play tiny. Uh, we're talking about small ball here, and I'm mostly talking about on the wings. I'm talking about the two forward spots the Blazers are comfortable playing smaller. Nurk's going to play 28 minutes a night. Uh, so they're going to play with a giant person there for, you know, more than half the game. I think they go small out of that. Like, I think they go small, and they, they pretty much telegraph that they're going to try Jeremy Grant and Justice Winslow in, in super small looks off the bench. They have uh, Drew Eubanks, who I think is like a competent backup center uh, for, for in a small minute role. I like him, uh, but it's, we're, we're talking about, when I'm talking about small, I want to be clear here, I probably should have not put this seven minutes into the podcast, but I'm talking about on the wings. If, if you if you say that Damon Ant are almost certainly in the game, it's like, who plays three, who plays four? Who are those spots? And the Blazers are comfortable going a little bit smaller at those spots because they think GP can guard up. They think Josh Hart can guard up. They think Nazir Little and Justice Winslow can guard up. And, and frankly, I think that's a relatively safe bet. I think those guys are better point of attack defenders, better controlling the ball than they've been in the past. Skills get you one way. Those sort of micro skills of the players you put on the court. Um, My rant about micro skills and defenses for another day. We'll talk about that sometime in the future. Uh, Maybe later this week even. But that matters. Like the ability of your guys matters. That's the number one thing. The number two thing is scheme. Like... I don't think it's like 1A, 1B. I, I, do, I think like skill sets matter more than scheme because guys can break scheme and, and use their um, use their skills to kind of be special. But if you do, if the scheme doesn't complement what they do, see Robert Covington being asked to be a point of attack defender for most of the first half of last season, you look out of place. And then in Rocco's case, maybe you throw a fit a little bit. But um, it's scheme matters. So why like coaching is not like nothing coaching doesn't mean anything it, but it's it for like if you've listened to this podcast before i think is a smaller point of the smaller small part of the equation for sure but it is a part of the equation and the scheme with billups at least in theory should be able to protect the blazers negative defenders a little bit better 
at least in the regular season. And here's why I think that. A switching scheme in the regular season, for the most part, a more willingly switching scheme for the most part, can actually help you hide guys. As opposed to teams hunting it, like if you switch a bunch, soft switching in the playoffs, teams will hunt. But in the regular season, teams don't. They aren't as aggressive scheme-wise of saying, hey, let's go get Dame, let's go get Ant. Sure, they'll do that a little bit, and sure, at crunch time, that's real. Like, teams will hunt the worst defenders. But otherwise... Switching just helps you get off the ball quickly and say, okay, every action we're going to switch it, just keep guys in front. The keeping guys in front is is in, in some ways, like if, if you're just passing off and not asked to guard like a bunch of seconds in isolation, it allows lesser defenders to kind of uh, hold their own for a moment. Plus, Chauncey Billups' scheme is predicated on aggressive help. They load up and help each other. In the previous re- coaching staff's uh, scheme, The whole idea, like the whole point of the defense was to not get caught in rotations, was to not help. So guys who were lesser defenders could get caught in in spots where like specifically their teammates were not going to show help because that's the scheme. Like they weren't going to load up. Um, It's like that was that was a feature, not a bug. Now, the the issue here with the sort of aggressive help scheme is you got to recover and and help behind and and and. Um, do a bunch of other stuff to once you get scrambling to scramble back and get in position, something the Blazers weren't very good at. But better point of attack defense can help you avoid the scramble and a more aggressive help defense can help you cover for lesser defenders. The scheme will help, in theory, at least from the way I see it, help hide a little bit of their negative defenders and help hopefully complement their better ones because they have better ones on the roster than they've had in the past. Uh, I, I think I've said this and I'll probably say it again later in the podcast. I'm not sure that the Blazers on a raw talent standpoint are better than they were last year, but I think the roster for the most part fits better and makes more sense. Fit is probably more important than overall talent unless the overall talent is like overwhelming. The Blazers weren't overwhelmingly talented, so give me a better fit, which I believe that they have this year. Uh, There are other reasons that I think the Blazers' willingness and intentionality to go small, intention to go small, are going to pay off. One of them is on the glass, where the Blazers, when they've struggled, have it's been a real, real problem for them. And when they've been a competent defensive rebounding team, it has mostly led to competent defense. Let's talk about that in the second segment. Because the glass, the Blazers have some sneaky stars. Let's talk about those sneaky stars. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, best tasting protein bar that there is. Uh, if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, you're missing out. It is a marsh, chocolatey, marshmallowy experience, and now they got a new flavor the cookie dough puff with real pieces of cookie dough on top of a marshmallow bar covered in chocolate. It's a treat, a true treat. Uh, Plus 15 grams of protein, just 160 calories. So it's great for your pre-workout routine. It's great for your midday snack if you just need a little boost in blood sugar with some protein that your body can use. And it's great if you just need some something that tastes great, uh, something, something that you'll enjoy. Check it out. That's cookie dough puff. Or check out everything else on their website built.com while you're there use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15% off your next order it's promo code locked 15 at built.com all right the blazers are going to be better on defense the small ball bet is going to be better on defense because of the personnel and the scheme before we talk a little bit more about the personnel because there's some real skills of the personnel that's going to help the blazers on the glass a place that has been an issue for them in the past I want to talk just the intentionality of this. The Blazers built this roster with a purpose. They did not they did not mistake themselves into Gary Payton. They did not need to trade Gary Trent and just found a mild upgrade for him and ended up with Norman Powell. 
they were very specific in choosing Gary Payton, in choosing to trigger the hard cap to chase Gary Payton because he was someone they wanted. Uh, They were specific in targeting Jeremy Grant for the price that they did. And they were specific in not signing other centers. They believe in small ball. They did this on purpose. Whether it's going to work or not is something that we'll see in the fall, but they believe in this look. They believe, both Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups have mentioned it, and, and other, and unprompted, basically, in in um in interviews this offseason, mentioning that Justice Winslow and Jeremy Grant are likely to see time at center. They're going to play small, and they're going to do it because they believe it works. But if you go small, one of the things about it is you don't have your tall players on the court. And that might seem simple enough, but but it's a problem. And one of the ways it's a problem is just the, the sort of defense and rim protection stuff. But the final leg of defense is grabbing the defensive rebounds. And in, the, in previous seasons, some of the Blazers' struggles have been that they've just been horrific on the defensive glass. Uh, last season, before it all went to hell, uh, through the December 31st of 2021, uh, that's when that was Dame's last game, so it's kind of... Not only is the flip of the calendar year, it's kind of where it all... It's kind of when they truly threw in the towel. Like, they were 35 games into the season, they were 13-22, and 22, and it was... They looked awful, but with the crew before things, before they kind of pulled the plug and before it really went south with uh, the tank squad at the end of the year, they were a competent rebounding team. They were sixth in defensive rebounding and they finished 20th. So they really, the, really the bottom fell out. You know, Nurk played until the all-star break. Like he, he was on the court. So it's not like they like totally were devoid of center, totally devoid of size, but they were, you know, when they were closest to whole, they were a, a pretty good defensive rebounding team. They were not ever a good uh, defensive team ever at any point. They were like 30th before um, making a little climb up to all the way to 27th, baby. But last year is not like this outlier, them being a bad defensive team, being a bad defensive rebounding team. It's been a thing that's been real for them. Uh, the, the the season prior, they were 20th. The season before that, 28th, then 8th, then 6th in defensive rebound rate. That's the percentage of available defensive rebounds you grab, basically preventing folks from getting offensive rebounds. Uh, better stat than raw defensive rebound rankings because pace, because teams play at different speeds. But when the Blazers have been a top 10 defensive rebounding team, when they were eighth four years ago and sixth uh, five years ago, that's sixth. When they were sixth in defensive rebounding, they were the sixth best defense in the league. That was the 2017-18 season. They were they were legitimately good on defense. They were worse on offense for sure. But part of what propped them up was they didn't give up second chances. The following year, they finished 16th in defense, according to NBA.com. They were eighth in rebounding. They've bottomed out since then, 27th, 29th, 29th in, in, in rebounding, in, in defensive rating since then, and they've been a bottom 10 defensive rebounding team. The glass matters, and it's why playing small in the past has been, or smaller at some spots, has been worrisome. You know, the like, uh, Carmelo Anthony as your backup power forward and then your starting power forward, th- that group was awful on the glass. Um, it's You need better rebounders. And here's the thing. The Blazers can go small and put elite rebounders on the court. Josh Hart is one of the best rebounders in the NBA. It's kind of a crazy thing to say. 
he is absolutely one of the best rebounders in the NBA at his size, right? There is, I would be hard pressed to find three dudes his size, 6'5 and under, or just 6'5, no taller than 6'5, who, who rebound at the, at the rate that Josh Hart does. He has a nose for the ball, he's tough as heck, and he's, he's just good at rebounding. He can go to the glass. Um, he's had some monster rebound games in his career. Like, he is, he is not a good rebounder for a guard. He is a good rebounder, period. The numbers suggest that he is one of the best rebounders in the National Basketball Association, period. But he, the Blazers can put, but you know, he's 6'5", it's all that. Like, they're going to need to put some other guys out there that can board. They've got it. Gary Payton is one of the best rebounding guards in the league. Justice Winslow, for his size, grades out as an, a well above average rebounder. And Nazir Little, while he's a better offensive rebounder than defensive rebounder, also grades out as an above average rebounder. Uh, Peyton and Hart are elite, uh, particularly Hart. Right? Peyton is elite for his size. Uh, Winslow and Nas are, are, Justice and Nas are good rebounders for their size. That means when the Blazers do go small and they are comfortable playing Jeremy Grant at center and he is a bad rebounder, they can put good rebounders around him. You can put Josh Hart and Justice Winslow on the court. You can go super crazy small with Josh Hart and Gary Payton flanking, uh, flanking uh, Jeremy Grant and play a crazy switchy lineup and you'll have elite elite rebounding on the court. There is reason to believe that the Blazers can still be a, a straight-up good defensive rebounding team, even when Nurk sits, even when they go small, because the personnel of Josh Hart and Gary Payton and Justice Winslow and Nazir Little are all very good rebounders. And typically, um, Damon Lord teams have, you know, early in his career, he was on teams that were good defensive rebounders. He's not getting crushed. Like, he's not that, um, he's not just like a, nobody boxes out in the league, but he's not a, like a crazy box out sieve at his position. Like, he he can get in there. Um, certainly a better rebounder than, than CJ and Ant are, or CJ was and Ant is. Uh, CJ's not, he didn't go anywhere. He just plays for another team. But like, the one of the keys to the Blazers' success, like beyond the the what we talked about in that first segment, the personnel stuff, controlling the ball, keeping it in front of you, running a switchy and help help centric scheme that kind of helps you hide your your weakest defenders, is going to the glass and only giving up one shot. And the Blazers have personnel that suggest they could be better at it than they've been in the past. They can basically always play an elite rebounder for their position at all times, and sometimes they can play two of them along with Yusuf Nurkic and that is going to be valuable for him because limiting shots is you know basics basics of basketball on paper giving up fewer field goal attempts is the key to uh key to limiting points right fewer op- fewer opportunities that is um basically at the heart of all of the math behind basketball those are two those are you know a combination of reasons but the personnel the scheme and the rebounding and the elite rebounding for smaller players are reasons why i think the this experiment, this intentional move by the Blazers roster builders, by Joe Cronin at all, I think it can work. I remain a little skeptical, though, if I'm keeping it a buck, if I'm being honest, like, uh, I'll keep it a buck 75 with you in the third segment. I have my reservations about this working. Let's talk about why small ball is still more experiment than method for me, at least to this point. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still talking about the Blazers going small, going small on purpose, and why it can be better when they, than when they've been small in the past. Do you remember last season? 
The Blazers played a game in Cleveland against one of the biggest teams in the league, a team with uh, three seven-footers. Larry Markman was hurt, so they were, only, they were only playing two seven-footers at the time, but a giant team. And the Blazers closed that game with four guards on the court, Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, and Anthony Simons. It was outrageous, but it was a way to get the Blazers' four best offensive players on the court all at the same time. You basically don't have any positive defenders in that group. All negative defenders. Maybe Norman Powell's like a neutral. But like all slightly below average to well below average defenders. All below six foot five. All, you know, all below six four maybe. Like it, it just not the group you want. And it was a moment that stood out. And then and I it was almost like Billups. It was before Neil got fired. It was almost like Billups. To me, it read as like Billups being like, this is what you're giving me? then this is what I'll do, kind of throwing up his hands at a roster that didn't make sense. Then they head into this offseason, knowing that there was a point where they had to play all these dudes, all these small dudes, and it was like kind of driving the coach crazy, and they didn't want to do that, and they talked about getting longer. They didn't get longer, but they got better on defense. They're better on the glass. Um, strength is, is, is probably the most underrated part of defense. Uh, like, people are obsessed with length. But if you look at, like, say, like the 2018 Rockets, like one of their tricks was that they switched a bunch and all of their dudes were strong. The Blazers are stronger. Josh Hart's a dog. Same with Winslow. Same with, with GP. Like, these are undersized dudes who are strong as heck. That's, the, that's one of the sort of the tricks of playing a little bit smaller. All of it seems to be better than it's been in the past. This is a better flavor than what the Blazers were rolling with in the past. This is a, like I said, I don't think it's a raw talent upgrade, but I think it's a fit upgrade. And yet, if I'm being completely honest with you, and I, and I try to do so here when I'm talking to this microphone, I'm skeptical of it working. I don't love the roster. I see the vision. Like, I mean, like, so, so much of what I do on here and what, I, you know, it's like, make, make a lot of Blazers-related content here in, here in my beautiful basement, is I try to think about the counters to what I believe. Why am I wrong? Why am I incorrect? Why is my line of thinking sort of not, not, not right? Why doesn't it line up with what people who are just straight up way smarter than me about basketball think? I see what the Blazers are doing. I get it. And I think I tried to lay it out here in the first couple segments of like, this is the logic. Uh, clearly, it was an intentional move. And at some point, I think they're going to trade to rebalance the roster. I really, I really, really do believe that there's... Almost no way that the team that starts the year is... I was going to say there is no way the team that starts the year is the team that finishes the year. They're going to have to wheel and deal to some extent. So maybe they won't be all in on it. But they're going to be all in on it for, you know, half the year, 40 games, 35 games. And, and then they can maybe recalibrate. But those first 35 games, they're committed to this. And I remain a little skeptical about it. I think small ball, like truly all wings type of small ball. One... It's best when everyone's 6'8". The Blazers don't have... A, they're not playing four dudes who are Jeremy Grant size. They're playing one Jeremy Grant and a whole bunch of people that are the same size as Nazir Fiddle and, and Justice Winslow. Long, strong dudes who are who stand 6'5". Like, there is there's limitation, for sure. There's just, like, a reality of it. But in general, the, like, trend towards all-wing ball has both worked with bigger all-wings... And also in the playoffs. Not every team goes small during the regular season. And moreover, why it works in the playoffs is because you can exploit big centers who can't guard in space because you can play Damian Lord 40 minutes. And if Steven Adams can't guard him, 
you're going to you're going to embarrass that dude for the whole time and so where you know the difference in Dame playing 34 minutes and 41 minutes is maybe the difference in the game because it's 7 minutes when a good player you can leave in to grab boards and be disruptive isn't getting abused by the best offensive player in the team it's just the reality of the regular season that that your your dudes your best players play a little bit less and so there's less there's less guys who are walking mismatches on the court more teams can get away with playing centers and being big is like a tried and true method to be a little bit better on defense because big people standing in between you and the rim is harder to score on. More teams start big and go small off the bench, but still, still a majority of teams have a way to stay big on the bench. Some teams even lean into, have will lean into it more aggressively this year than we've seen. The Nuggets are trying to stay big. They signed DeAndre Jordan. Obviously, the T-Wolves are, are going to stay big. Pretty much no matter what the Lakers do, they're going to be a very big team. Uh, you know, the, the Clippers are the exception, right? Like, they're they're the team that's, like, proving it, proving it the other way. But, uh, you know, the... The Mavs are relatively big. I think the... the, the uh, the excuse me, New Orleans Pelicans. I'm looking at my looking at my list here. Can't read the word Nola on my sheet. I think New Orleans Pelicans have, uh, you know, they have size if they keep JV in the game, and they've got some backup centers to stay big if they want to with Jackson Hayes. In fact, they played gigantic down the stretch. That was part of their plan. Uh, they're a really big team, just like wing wise, but they can go with multiple centers or or always keep a center type on the floor. Teams stay big in the league. Even if this works with the Blazers, they're going to be playing with a height disadvantage on most nights. I will never forget the moment in the in the, the media room last year when uh, this game against the Raptors and before the game, I asked Chauncey Billups about the challenge of going up against the Raptors who are centerless and so big and so challenging on the wing. And he said, we give up size every night in the most exasperated, I hate this roster type of answer you could have. And they're not bigger. They're different and better, but they're not like truly bigger. I think there is reason to believe that this is a better version, but I remain skeptical. I really do. And part of the reason I remain skeptical, and we'll close on this, is you can't get all these dudes on the court at once and maintain how good you are. You have to play Damon Ant at the end of games. So you're choosing between GP and Josh Hart, probably. You're choosing between one of the two. And I'd probably, you'd probably choose Josh Hart on most nights because he's better. You can't really play one of those dudes at four, so it's got to be Jeremy Grant, unless you're trying to go super small, and then you're choosing between Nas and Justice Winslow. But if you want to get Nas and Justice Winslow and and Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart and Gary Payton on the court, you are taking off good players to do so, and you're taking off your best offensive players to do so. It just... The calculation of small ball, I, I like the idea. I even like these... Like, I like these players. I like... I really like Josh Hart and Gary Payton as just, like in a vacuum type players. Um, Justice Winslow is is like fun and multi-skilled and super left-handed. Um, if you know, you know, I'm a big Nazir little guy. Like it's, I like them, but it's hard to find, com it's like they can find combos that work, but like a lineup that is both potent on offense and potent on defense and doesn't give up the size that they, that they might give up is a little bit tricky. It's pretty clear who the Blazers' four best players are. It's a mystery who plays three at the end of games to me a little bit. And if they're really committed to small ball, to some extent, it's a mystery to me who is, like, what combo works with just Dame or just Ant on the court. I mean, you're going to lead just Dame because he's a better basketball player, but it's like, what combos work? 
And I'm a little bit skeptical that when teams do scale up and the Blazers are forced to play big, that they don't have an option to get really big. Uh, you know, you can put Trenton Watford in there and maybe Jabari Walker surprises and is like a contributor early on or Greg Brown takes a leap or something. But like, they don't have an option that like easily slides uh, Jeremy Grant to the three and maintains like a reasonable level of spacing because neither Drew Eubanks or, or Yusuf Nurkic can do that. Some of it is I'm worried about their lineup versatility. Can they go super big? I know they can go super small without giving up some of their strengths without accentuating some of their weaknesses. Can they go the other direction? I remain a little bit skeptical. And in the regular season, that ability to stay big is going to matter. If the Blazers get to the playoffs, I think they got some really fun playoff lineups. Uh, I think they're going to get to the play-in and have a chance to get into the playoffs and do damage and all that. Like, I think they're very clearly one of the 10 best teams in the West. They say healthy, somebody doesn't. They're ninth. They're, I, I think they have a path to being sixth relatively easily, right? Uh, maybe even higher. But it's a long path with a thin margin for error. I bet that I would be willing to wager that there's like five games or less that separate 5th and 10th in the Western Conference. It's going to be tight. And if the Blazers get exploited a little bit because they just don't match up well against teams that can go super big and stay big, that might be the difference in 7th and 10th. That might be the difference in 6th and 8th. Like, it's it's a lot. It's, it's, it's thin for them. I like this group. And I... You know, doing this exercise make me maybe soften to some of my skepticism, to be honest. But I remain a little skeptical. Uh, I remain maybe intrigued. I would say I'm more intrigued after taking these notes, doing a little bit of research and looking into this than I was before. I'm more, I'm more intrigued now than I was before this episode, and I hope you are too. And I hope you come back for another episode in the future. We're going to do a mailbag later this week. We're going to look at uh, some growth of some other players on the roster. Five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts. Make it your first listen every single day. And then make your second listen, Locked on NBA. Get the breast of what, what the heck is even happening with Kevin Durant and all of those rumors and everything else happening across the league. It is a whole bunch of fun. Make sure you tune into that one. Come back for tomorrow's show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.